Camogie. Linda Kenny appointed chairperson of Leinster Camogie. Article by Kieran Murphy. Carlos Linda Kenny has been elected as chairperson of Leinster Camogie. The Carlo lady, who is the current provincial secretary, will succeed Kildare's Hilda Breslin, who takes over as national president in April. As the current provincial secretary, it was a role Linda had not been considering, but in recent months, events took a certain direction and fast-forwarded a decision-making process which has seen her come to this point. It has been a tough time for the Carlo officer. She has battled illness and ill health for a number of years now. Then, in December, her father Michael Regan died suddenly, while a good friend and colleague in Leinster Camogie passed away too. At the time, Camogie was the last thing on her mind, but the Leash County Board recognised this, nominated her for the position and then gave her space when moving to one side. I thought about it and weighed things up. It was a very bad year health-wise, and the nominations had to be in the day the former chairperson, who I worked with and served with, died in tragic circumstances, which was on the same day Daddy died. There are other factors in Linda's decision. The timing has been awful, but I had to go this time. There is a rule in Camogie which says you can only serve ten years in one unit. As secretary, I would have had nine years done and would not have had a chance to do a three-year term as president. In a tough situation, she had until the 19th of December to confirm her candidature. Amazingly, Linda never played Camogie, but after a stint with Kushta, she was encouraged by Pat O'Brien, the former Carlow County Board Secretary and Chairman of Carlow Camogie, to get involved. She has never looked back, and has assumed every role possible within the county. Pat rang me today. There is no prouder man in Carlow today than Pat, related Linda, who has served as Leinster Registrar before she was elected Secretary in 2018. On Saturday, the Leinster AGM was held by video link, with voting taking place by post earlier in the week. There was great jubilation among her supporters, when it was announced the Carlo delegate had received 18 votes to see off the challenge of Melanini Huynh and Martin Quilty, both from Wexford, who had a combined total of six votes. I am completely overwhelmed by the level of support. Last year has been tough, but it has been tough for everyone in the country. The support I got when I couldn't attend the games and when my father passed away, every club in this county, Leinster and even nationally, the support I got was phenomenal. Players, coaches, administrators and the outgoing administrators in Carlow. When I couldn't be there, they put their shoulder to the wheel and kept it going, said the emotional Burn Rangers club lady. The chairperson position sees her assume the role of vice president of the association too. Is there a chance she could become national president? Look, I would never say no, but at the moment... I am honoured to have served as the chair in my club, county and province, so we will see where it takes us from there. I have some phenomenal support, but the year ahead is going to be a slow burner for Camogie and all sports, she said. Behind Closed Doors, Review of 2020, by Kieran Murphy. Lockdown begins. 
The lead headline on the front page of the Carlo Nationalist on March the 17th, 2020. In the same vein on the back page, it was reported the local sporting calendar had been thrown into turmoil. In the piece, Sean Campion urged readers to support each other, and in particular, the elderly. Making another point, the Carlow County Board chairman expressed fears the close down might not be as short as some people predicted. How right he was. On the other hand, many were of the opinion Ireland would successfully fight the virus and life would soon return to normal. On the same back page article, Noel Nolan of Tullow Rugby Club predicted it might not be too long before games would resume and suggested the Provincial Towns Cup might start in April. Brian O'Reilly of the Carlow Soccer League said it would not be a problem if they were to lose two weekends, but significantly he opined there would be issues if the lockdown was to extend beyond March. Did he have a premonition? And how could any of us have known? Leaving aside the economic, social and health issues, which are of course the main concerns, the whole face of sport as we once knew it has been turned on its head. The new normal, how aptly named. Only elite sportsmen and women were allowed to play. There is some consolation that even if the rest cannot get on the field or themselves, they can watch the elite live on television. It has been an extraordinary journey to get to where we are now. Think back. Carlo were due to play Sligo in a National League game in Netwatch Cullen Park in March. The lockdown put an end to that, and when the game took place in October, it was played behind closed doors. It was hard to get your head around the silence in the stadium that night. The Sligo mentors and the rest of the panel made as much noise as they possibly could in support of their team. Some of the stuff they did was on the edge, but then, in an empty stadium, all sounds and all movements are magnified. Nothing goes unnoticed. Perhaps this was the usual stuff, but without any other distractions. It was stark that night. Before that, Carlo had got their senior hurling club championship finished before the big GAA lockdown came. In July, the ruling body issued guidelines so that a maximum of 200 spectators would be allowed access into their games. That would change and by October the behind-closed-doors aspect had returned. Elsewhere, efforts were made to start the rugby season too and Carlo and Tullow played a league game in Oak Park. The joy was short-lived and the hopes of club rugby players were dashed as the lockdown continued to evolve. Yet, it has been a fascinating journey watching games behind closed doors. Surely members of the media must feel a sense of privilege, as they have access to games when the rest of the country isn't allowed in. What a bittersweet experience it must be for parents, coaches, club members and relations to have watched young players come through a club system be good enough to play for their respective counties, but then, on All-Ireland Day, not be able to go and see players who have become icons in their counties. Rugby player Ed Byrne was capped for Ireland, for the first time, but his parents and members of his former Carlo Rugby Club had to watch it live on television. That was tough. The whole behind-closed-doors aspect of sport has been a fascinating phenomenon. At local level, 
Was Mount Leinster Rangers' achievement in regaining the Senior Hurling Championship lessened this year because the crowd were not allowed in? Yet players would surely prefer to perform in front of crowds. Take the Offaly and Carlow Leinster Senior Football Championship game this year. Access to O'Connor Park in Tullamore was from the far side of the ground away from the town. That was fine. But then the walk from there, continuing behind the goal and on towards the stand, was a stark reminder what the players were missing. An oppressive silence reigned, and the usual meet-and-greet platform on match day was absent. In an empty stadium in Tralee, Carlo made their exit from the Joe McDonough Cup. Crowd or no crowd, that was a bitter pill to swallow, but for the losers, the lack of support from family and friends made the cut even deeper. It was a long drive home that evening. In 2019, the All-Ireland Ladies Football Final drew a crowd of over 56,000 to Croke Park. This year, Dublin's achievement in retaining their title was not diminished because it was played behind closed doors. A euphoric Meath took a first intermediate title on the same day. On leaving the ground, it took two minutes to get to the car park. A big difference to battling through the crowd and back to your vehicle parked a mile or more from the ground. From a deserted and silent Jones Road, you could hear the Dublin ladies team celebrating, including the hurling, football and camogie. Have there ever been a stranger All-Ireland final days in Croke Park? At national level, racing continued behind closed doors, It was the absence of crowds at the Leopardstown Christmas meeting which once again illustrated what all sport is missing. On entry to the grounds, it was hard to believe a major sporting event was actually taking place. Only when you got near the parade ring was there any real sign of activity. While the race commentator did his usual thing with his trademark announcement, such as the horses are leaving the parade ring or the white flag has been raised, it was hard to believe a multi-million dollar industry in sport was going about his business as best it can. It was scary stuff, but in many ways a privilege to be able to rub shoulders with trainers, jockeys, TV pundits, like you would never be able to do at a packed ground. Now Ireland is once again in lockdown. It is almost certain live TV coverage of elite sports has kept a nation sane. If the truth be known, all sports activity is probably hanging on by its fingernails as Covid continues to spread in the community. Yet, never has sport on television played such an important role in Irish sporting life. Come to think of it, Park TV and Carlo GAA combined brilliantly to transmit their games to viewers when club and inter-county fair games did go ahead. The successful effort to make sure there was an option to watch matches was a lifesaver, and that is not exaggerating. Who knows what direction this virus is going to take? The vaccine offers massive hope. That is what we are all clinging to now. Sport in 2020 will forever be remembered for, fundamentally, its behind-closed-doors phenomenon. Let us hope we never see the likes of it again.